right, welcome to another episode, week eight, wrapped up. Uh, just one more game, Dolphins, Steelers, no one cares. Worst Monday night game of <laughs> no all No one cares. Yeah, abs- yeah. I feel safe saying that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I'm David, as you know, got Wyatt back. What's up, what's up? Chargers get a dub, so not surprised to see you here. Yeah, yeah I'm feeling, feeling better than usual, you know? Yeah, and then, I mean, on the other hand, well, okay, let me ask you this. Did it feel better to see the Chargers win or worse to take this L in fantasy to me this week? To be honest with you, I'm a, such a diehard. No, I'm not going to say diehard. I'm just, I'm so committed to the Chargers in my life at this point that it was better for the Chargers to win. Okay, yeah, that's fair. Time. And that's a real football too, so, yeah. so that counts for more. Okay, just wanted to ask that right mm-hmm. off the bat. Anyways, let's get into some real football. No, no more fantasy talk. Uh, so we'll start with the game that just took place, the Chiefs. Uh, take an L to the Packers, 31-24. But, I mean, it wasn't the matchup it was hyped up to be, but still ended up being a good game nonetheless. Yeah, definitely. The Packers get a huge win. Uh, I think nothing really surprising happened. Like, yeah. we didn't expect Matt Moore to just shit the bed, I don't no, think, right? No, not, not at all, especially with Andy Reid as a coach. Mm-hmm. I felt like for the Packers, this game kind of flowed the same way most of their games have flowed this season. Like, they got the win. It wasn't a convincing win necessarily, yeah. uh, especially obviously Patrick Mahomes is not playing, so Matt Moore's in there. Um, there was a there was moments in this game where you're like, oh, the Chiefs could take this for sure, which would have been, in my opinion, a pretty big upset, pretty pretty big upset for sure. Um, and so yeah, I, I it's hard again. I don't take I don't take too much away from this because obviously Patrick Mahomes is not on the field, and uh, the Packers just really took care of business, and they didn't do it in extraordinary fashionable way. So mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, it's just what you'd like like to see from both teams. I mean, the Chiefs probably didn't really expect to get a win, but at least they stayed competitive, mm-hmm. and they did show that they have more than enough firepower to you know stay afloat exactly. while Mahomes is out. Right. However long that may be, hopefully. I mean, it sounded like he was. He could about be back next week. I yeah, mean, and I think they play the Vikings, so yeah. they could use him for sure. But even if he's not, I mean, the Packers have a pretty good defense at least so far this year, and they put up twenty four points on him. Yeah. I mean, they didn't. It was a pretty pretty similar attack. It was just Matt Moore, not Mahomes. Yeah. No, it kind of reminded me a little bit of when Alex Smith was there. Mm-hmm. Just a very balanced attack. You know, nothing too flashy. Kind of conservative in a way. Mm-hmm. And you're not trying to you know, throw downfield a ton. Tyreek Hill only had, he had less than 70 yards uh, through the air. Um, I thought it's probably the best the ground games looked for Kansas City in maybe all season. Yeah. So maybe that's something you could take away as a positive. I mean, if they could continue to run the ball while Patrick Mahomes comes back. That's going to be a big plus for him. Yeah. So uh, that was big for them. Yeah. yeah. And then there there was no Mahomes, so we didn't see any of those crazy plays. But Aaron Rodgers kind of made up for it. Yeah. He had that, there's one touchdown pass. I think it was to Jamal Williams where he was getting sacked by, like, two guys. Mm-hmm. And just it looked like he was throwing it away. Yeah. And then, like, you're watching the fly of the ball, and you're like, okay, he's just getting rid of it. Wait a sec. Oh, my God. Someone caught that? And it was, like, in the corner of the end zone. Didn't make sense. I mean, he might have been throwing it away, but – when someone that skilled, he's he, not going to say that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. He no, gets the yeah. benefit. Of he's good enough sure. to give him credit for that one. Uh, no, it definitely seems like the Aaron Rodgers we know and love is kind of slowly, slowly coming back into mm-hmm. form here, and that was just an example of that. Uh, and I think this game, like we said, obviously he wasn't facing off against Patrick Mahomes, which is what we wanted to see, but clearly the best quarterback on the field during this game, and that's what you, you want from Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, and he looks like he might be the best quarterback in the league right now with Mahomes out, for sure. With Mahomes out? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and uh, I think he just looks like kind of like reborn with this new coach, it seems yeah, like. Yeah, right. It's just kind of a new energy, just revitalizers, mm-hmm. kind of just seems like to be this 
this feeling that they they could do it this season and uh, yeah yeah they like reignited some flame and yeah it seems like this coach was it Lafleur 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 <laughs> that's the most fun name to say yeah, but yeah. he's actually using Aaron Jones which is something that right. Mark, Mike McCarthy never did yeah I don't know why but it's that simple he puts up like two hundred over two hundred total yards and a touchdown yeah I, you know it's kind of funny actually because I think uh, Mike McCarthy I think got into this thing where you have the best quarterback in the league and you just think oh i'm just going to use this guy every play but Mm -hmm. we both know that's not how football works you got to have a balanced attack to to really win in this league and i think it's kind of the same thing you saw andy Reid maybe getting into a little bit with patrick mahomes before he got injured it was just oh this guy's so good i'm just going to throw it every time but as you slowly start to realize you know it's it's the balanced attack that allows this great player to be that good and Mm -hmm. um like you said, that's slowly more coming into form for the Packers, and it's a big deal for them. Yeah, they're, so they're 7-1 and one now, and the Saints are also 7-1, and one, I believe. Uh, again, those teams are still just at the top of the NFC, and I don't know if they play this season, but that would be a perfect matchup to see. Yeah, no. I don't think they do. But Breeze versus Rodgers, I mean, that's, that's the NFL's dream right mm-hmm. there. For no sure, doubt. yeah, yeah. But okay, let's, uh, let's go move along to Panthers 49ers. This was one of the more anticipated games because it was like let's see if the Panthers are for real right. and let's see if the Niners are for real because they've been beating up on right. nobodies and also how good is Kyle Allen exactly right this is his first real test right. and uh, let's just say he <laughs> failed very miserably yeah so so he had he completed 50% of his passes three interceptions no touchdowns yeah. and like 170 yards or something like and that and it, it wasn't pretty none of these weren't like you know tipped interceptions or you know a receiver not running the right route these were these oh, were bad God. picks were man bad and at i least, mean at least the one the, yeah uh, the bosa bosa one. yeah that was a bad one uh this game was over it was 14-3 in the first quarter mm-hmm. and to me the game was over right there obviously yeah. it never really got closer than that um yeah this was i mean as a guy that was expecting i needed to see more from the niners to really give them that affirmation that they're one of the best teams in the nfc I mean, this is what you wanted, you know. For sure. It goes a long way to beat a good team like the Rams or something like that. But to me, sometimes in the NFL, in a league in which a lot of times good teams lose to bad teams mm-hmm. and great teams are the teams that beat the bad teams, the Niners did a lot this week by showing mm-hmm. me just how good they are by pounding what I thought is a good Carolina team. Yeah. And so, yeah, this was a it was a big win for them. It was like the opposite, and we'll get to the, the other game quickly, uh, like briefly, but the opposite of the Bills who they've been beating up on bad teams right. in their first test against the Eagles, they get killed. Exactly. The Niners showed, like, oh, it doesn't matter who we play, mm. we're shutting you down. Right. You could have McCaffrey, cool, He's he might be the MVP, doesn't matter. Right. And you let him get, get his, you know, 100 yards and a touchdown. That was the only time it was close was uh, the Niners, the Panthers got a safety, right. and then McCaffrey scores a touchdown. It's like right out of halftime, right? Yeah, and yeah. it's still, like, a 14 or 17-point game. Mm-hmm. And that's where, you know, the Niners could fold because it's like, oh, well, they're coming back. Like, what? we've never been in this situation. Right. Nope, they just nope. went ahead, exactly. pounded the ball, scored again. Yeah. And what did they have? Like, it ended up being like 50, 51 It was 51-13, yeah. Wow. And, uh, I mean, you talk about draft picks, you know, playing a big role in the mm-hmm. first year. Nick Bosa, man. He's he had three sacks today. He had four tackles for loss. He had an interception. I mean, wow. That's, that's about as much as you could possibly mm-hmm. ask a rookie to give you. And I think when you already have a good team and you have a rookie giving you that, that's just it's going to put you that much higher. Up, yeah. You know? Yeah. And uh, that's big, big news for the Niners. Yeah. And they continued. They didn't change anything. So they 
th- I wrote these stats down because these are insane. So they had 38 total carries, 232 yards. So that's over six yards a carry. <laughs> and here's the craziest stat. Five different players had multiple carries. Really? Yeah. So they wow. used four running backs, and then Debo Samuel had like two or three carries. Yeah. Insane. No, I mean, it's crazy. For If you had Tevin Coleman on your fantasy team this week, I mean, it would seem like he got, you know, 30 carries and was taking all the work up. And uh, so for him, you know, for a guy like that to have that kind of uh, production and mm-hmm. really not necessarily have a ton of carries, that shows, you know, that this is a very productive offense. Yeah. Um, anytime you, you have a team that you're willing to give the ball to four different dudes, that's a big deal because there's a lot of teams across this league that th- there's really one, two guys max that they're willing to hand it off to. So yeah. depth is always going to play a big role, especially in this league in which we see so many injuries. And if you want to make a deep playoff dive, you're going to have to have guys that are willing to step up when mm-hmm. other guys can't make it. Yeah, yeah. And so Tevin Coleman was just super efficient. So he only had 13 touches. So 11 carries, two catches, four total touchdowns. Yeah. So basically – one every three plays, he's scoring a touchdown. Yeah. Which is wild. And frankly, I think uh, he probably could add five. You know, they kind of took him out during mm-hmm. some of those uh, goal line situations toward the end of the game. So Yeah. It's not like he was just getting one-yard touchdowns either. It was right. like 20, 40. He had like a 40-yard rush. He had 105 rush yards on 11 carries. Yeah. So like 10 yards a carry, basically. And I don't think anyone t- touched him on that 40-yard touchdown run. Nope. Was, that was like one of the cleanest, just straight through, yeah. perfect blocking. No one's going to catch him. Touchdown runs I've seen all season. and. Uh, Pretty amazing stuff. Yeah, yeah. And this is the Panthers' defense is good. Like, yeah, putting 51 right. points up on them is pretty – I mean, a lot of it was, like, short field off a bad pick. But still, it's, like, moving uh, the ball like that. That's And Luke Keekley is, like, the quarterback of that defense. Yeah. So you know he's pissed tonight. Like, he is not – he's not sleeping tonight. He's probably working out right now. Exactly. <laughs> I, I honestly don't doubt it. I really don't. Um, the best drive for the Niners, because, like you said, a lot of times they had short field. I thought that first drive, they just went down. Just yeah. bang, 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 and touchdown. Set the tone. Right. Emmanuel Sanders, too, who they just drafted. That's always a good sign when you trade for someone and they're able to contribute right away. Yeah. And uh, the Niners lacking wide receiver. Maybe you could say that was a weakness of their team at this point. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's That's good to see that for them. Probably their only weakness. Yeah. Yeah. And he, yeah, so he got a touchdown on, in his first game. Yeah. And Garoppolo didn't look great, but no. did just enough. Again, he doesn't have to be great mm-hmm. so far. We'll see as the season continues how good he has to be mm-hmm. and if he could reach that level. But right now, he's doing exactly what he needs to do. Yeah, and they look, they're a dangerous team right there. So I would yeah. say at the NFC, it really is them, the Saints, and the uh, Packers. Like, yeah. That's the big three right there right. for sure. I don't know. That's tough to say who's the best out of those three. I don't think you can. Yeah. I really don't because, you know, just getting Drew Brees back this mm-hmm. week for the Saints, and it's hard to judge them. And the Packers, again, like with the Chiefs, being in the game as long as they were it's mm-hmm. hard to judge them too so yeah i i think if you were to ask me which i thought was the best win of the three of them i would say the niners for sure yeah yeah because that wasn't even a, yeah it wasn't close at yeah. all not even for a second okay let's get into not a very entertaining game but it had a controversial ending so we want to talk about that so bucks lose to the titans 27 23 uh typical Jameis game puts up big numbers <laughs> before turnovers at the yeah. end of the day and gets the loss and then this game also just continued the trend of backup quarterbacks getting wins, just stacking up the W's this year. Oh, yeah. Tannehill, 2-0 and now, undefeated as a starter. Sucks for Mariota because it seems like it might yeah. be over. As far as Tannehill goes, honestly, he's made some good throws. I've watched pretty good amounts of both those past two games, but lucky to win both those mm-hmm. games for sure. Uh, the Titans started this game really strong. Another typical terrible start for the Buccaneers. Jameis Winston, the human turnover, 
continues just to look like he's just running for his life out there. I mean, just every play, it's just like he's trying to do something, and mm-hmm. it just looks ugly, though. Then and it goes poorly. Yeah, it just, I'm sure it goes poorly. Uh, but like we said, the the Bucks had a chance to win this game. It kind of looked like they got robbed there at the mm-hmm. end with that uh, weird uh, calling the, the punter down on a faked field goal, or the yeah. holder, rather, down on a faked field goal that was returned for a touchdown. You know, and would have put them up, I think, four points with mm-hmm. less than three minutes left. Uh, that's a tough. If you're a Bucks player or a fan, that's going to be a tough one to take for sure. But at that, with that being said, they they had they had more chances to win this game mm-hmm. that they didn't really capitalize on. So yeah, because they still the game ended with them getting stuff. Them exactly. the Bucks getting right. stuff. They still had that chance. One. Yeah. yeah, but we yeah, we need a name for this because it's happening so often now, where the refs call a fumble down, mm. and then you can't really go back and change it right and it's something that i've heard just from commentators and Mm -hmm. league officials in the past that it's been a point of emphasis because there really is there's no need to call that play dead and we've talked about this off air you know you don't call it dead the guy runs it back 80 yards Mm -hmm. you review the play he's down it doesn't matter you call it dead what you're potentially doing obviously is you're stopping a literal touchdown in a game-changing play from taking place we saw this in the saints rams game Mm -hmm. so just it doesn't make sense to call it dead. I think after this week, if I was the league, I would be pretty stern in issuing mm-hmm. something to my referee saying, "This is we're just not calling these dead anymore. Yeah. And like I said, it doesn't matter. It literally affects nothing if you don't call it dead. So just don't, don't yeah. call it dead. It's time, if anything, that it affects. But if we're talking about wins and losses, we're willing to sacrifice a little time mm-hmm. for that. So. Yeah, yeah. I would, I would even say, like, <coughs> tell the refs just any fumble – don't call it down. Even if mm-hmm. it's like obviously the ground caused the fumble or it was after the play, don't call it down. Like just we have to like get this going in the right direction because this is crazy. So if anyone didn't see it, so the Titans have the ball. They're up 27-23, and there's like three and a half minutes left in the game, I think. And they have, they're on fourth, fourth and two, and they line up for a field goal. And, yeah, it was the holder. They do a fake. The holder runs, gets fucking cracked. Like he gets reminded why he's a punter or kicker and not – a, you know a regular skill player and clearly fumbles before he's down and it goes right to a buccaneer player who scoops it up and it was like a safety so it's not like a fat guy who you're right. expecting to run 80 yards it's yeah. a safety who's gone like and no there was there him. was no one there either yeah. to stop him even like, if it was a fat guy he right, probably right. you know he would have scored yeah and, uh, but yeah. so like you said so the negative the only negative to calling it down is like or if you don't call it down and the guy runs for 80 yards and calls it back he just ran for no reason right but I think he and would maybe you that. have to you have to review it, and it's mm-hmm. like okay, you take another five minutes, and yeah. like again, I I hate like these pointless reviews sometimes, but mm-hmm. this is not a pointless yeah, review. Yeah. Like it's the opposite of this that. This is worth so, it. Right, yeah, exactly. and so that would have it's not like it would have cha- like ended the game right there is the thing, right. but it, like it ruined what should have been a more exciting finish. Because mm-hmm. let's say the Bucks score that they're up three with three minutes left, and the Titans get the ball back. Right. It's it's kind of like a you switch. You know, you force mm-hmm. the Titans to be the team that has to score instead of the other way around. Yeah, you know? and, and like who knows. Tannehill, maybe he goes on a game-winning drive, right. or maybe they force overtime. Like it just made the game end super anti. Right. Even if it's we rob Tannehill of his mm-hmm. glory fucking moment, then that's still okay. it's yeah. it's wrong though. But you know, yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's just something that I really hope the league, like I hope they just don't look at this and think, oh, Bucks Titans, <laughs> no one was watching. It's fine. Like it won't happen again because it will happen again, and they'll happen yeah. in a big game, and then that's when fan bases freak out and that's when we make these stupid rules like you could challenge pass interference exactly so you gotta nip it in the bud no, now we don't need more of that shit yeah and th- th- also this game was just sad like this would be the final thought because this should have been 
Jameis versus Mariota, like two right. of the best quarterbacks mm-hmm. in the league. One of them wasn't even playing, and the other was out here running around, fumbling, and like throwing interceptions left and right. And no. he's like on his way out, yeah. and Mariota's already out. So no, this is this game was a far cry from the Oregon Florida State Rose Bowl Final Four matchup that yeah. we had. You know, whatever yeah. that was ago. You know, it's it's sad because I, honestly, I really do like both these guys, mm-hmm. and uh, I still think both of them in a weird way can find a way to you know kind of revitalize maybe have like a second half to their career mm-hmm. that we weren't expecting but as far as things go right now it's not looking good for you yeah the first chapter yeah. on both of their 10 years looks looks like it might be closed oh yeah now it's like no mariota is officially done with the titans i think yeah. i feel safe declaring that right now i if, mean you're you get benched your backup goes to no regardless of how he does it mm-hmm. it happened yeah you're not going to get back in that game unless yeah. that guy gets injured yeah. and but okay, let's move along because that was getting sad. Okay, it's time. We've been waiting like five weeks for this, I think. Four or five weeks. The Chargers beat the Bears in Chicago 17-16. Go ahead. Talk your shit. What's good? Yeah, so... Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, no. This was... Uh, these These are two very similar teams coming into this week. You know, the Bears and Chargers obviously had a lot of expectations. I think they both went 12-4 and last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, have had disappointing starts to the season. You know, and uh, they both needed wins. And the Bears, frankly, they they found a way to kind of outcharger the Chargers, in which they missed a field, they missed two field goals in this game. Uh, Trubisky had two turnovers, uh, a late fumble that ultimately led to a touchdown. That was the game-winning score for the Chargers. Um, Joey Bosa for the Chargers in the last two weeks has really come on. He's had he had a huge game. He had two sacks this game, four tackles for a loss. Uh, he caused the fumble, like I just said. Um, so that's big news for the Chargers. Um, if you're a Bears fan. You know, the, see the difference with this with these two teams coming into this game was if the Chargers won, they're they're right in the middle of the playoff picture. Whereas if the Bears lost, at putting them at three and five, mm. they're really really they're not. It's hard to even say they're on the outside looking in because frankly they're just on the outside yeah. uh, because in their division they have a seven and one team, a six and two team, and then frankly the Lions look a lot better than the Bears at this mm-hmm. point. And we've already talked about plenty of N- other NFC teams. I like the NFC West seems like a team uh, conference or rather division. That's going to have two teams coming out of it, mm-hmm. potentially uh, the Saints division. So uh, if you're the Bears, to me, you know, the trade deadline is Tuesday. I'm not going to say you should become a seller, but if you're looking to maybe get better, this would be the time to do it. Uh, if you're the Chargers, you kind of brought yourself back from the brink here mm-hmm. for the first time. Uh, you know, I said the, the Bears outchargered the Chargers here. That's not to say the Chargers, this was a lucky game for us necessarily. We also missed a field goal. Uh, Mike Williams dropped a touchdown. Keenan Allen dropped a touchdown. Uh, This was really, I mean, the guy missed a 46-yarder to lose the game. So that's, I don't know if you want to call that dumb luck or it's just, it's going to go one one or the other way. It went the Chargers way this time. It usually hasn't in the past. And so, I mean, as a fan of the Chargers, I I can only be happy. I took a few positives away from this game. I think this was the best their line has held up all season versus what was considered to be one of the better defenses in the league coming into this week, at least. Um, Trubisky, our boy, <laughs> continues. You know, like I said, he had turn- he had a really bad interception, and frankly, the fumble. If you look at the highlights, it's not it's not it's not good. Yeah. Uh, you know, there was a lot of boos at this game. It was in Chicago. They have every right to boo. I think Trubisky with this defense and that's the problem is this offense i mean 
it's hard to just I don't know where you go from here if you're the Bears. What do you think? Yeah, you got. I mean, like going back to Chase Daniels seems like a better move, which is so sad to say because yeah. Trubisky's still so young. But mm. it's just week after week. I mean, he's just not performing. Like no. the I mean, the only positive for the Bears is that David Montgomery looks like he's actually going to be a good running yeah. back. No, so he had 135 yards and a touchdown. This is like the first game that he actually did anything yeah so that's the one positive and there are a couple of those runs where he just threw some guys off mm-hmm. him so. yeah like he looked legit and but that's that's literally the only positive i mean that this is like rock bottom for right. the bears right now yeah. this season no because even defensively you know 17 points is mm-hmm. good but it's not great you know it's not niners it's mm-hmm. not patriots really yeah it's uh it's it's a little better than average, I think. But with an offense like that, you got to be great if you're yeah. gonna win games. You need shutouts. Yeah. Like they, you have to hold yourself to a higher standard than most teams because you know, on the other side of the ball, you have Trubisky right. leading your team. Exactly, which sucks to say, but and, uh, that's the fact. One interesting thing I want to point out here about Trubisky's and uh, last season, and they they put this stat up actually during the game. Uh, Trubisky's ran the ball a lot last mm-hmm. year and successfully rather he had five rushing touchdowns last season his best play this week was a run uh toward the end of the game that put them in field field goal position it was a third down he looked like he was going to get sacked he got out of it he scrambled for like 14 yards he put him in really good field goal range and it looked like okay the bears could win this game because of that play Mm -hmm. and uh, that was his only run of the game and so i think if you're the bears you kind of have to look at your team and your quarterback, and you have to say, like, what what plays and what scheme is going to give us the best way to win? I think the best scheme is, involves Trubisky running. Mm-hmm. We've talked about this before on the podcast, but for him to not run and his best play of the game to be a run toward the end of the game that puts you in position to win and you continue to not run the ball yeah, through him, and you fitting. see guys like Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson, mm-hmm. even Aaron Rodgers, for that matter, yeah. you know, making these big plays on the ground. I think you got to get into that if you're the Bears. Yeah, it's like it's desperation time, and now you have to like that's obviously using Trubisky as a pocket passer. It's not going to work. Like, no. we've seen enough. Yeah, we've seen enough evidence to say that. So now you just have to start. If he gets hurt running, that's that's just exactly. bad luck. That's going to happen. Right. But you can't have him dropping back and throwing 35 times and expecting anything positive to happen right. at this point. It's sad, but yeah, the Bears were supposed is. to be like a serious Super Bowl contender this year. Right. And, and now they're last in their division three and four no hope really yeah it's the sad part i mean a loss to the raiders you know yeah it's just it's it's gone it's gone wrong for them they should have won that first week mm-hmm. it's just everything you know it just hasn't happened it's a lot of close losses too yeah. but i mean that's like they they, they did out charge the charge no they really and it was, it was strange because these two teams parallel each other mm-hmm. just incredibly you know this season just big expectations and just everything's gone wrong and every the chargers had bad luck in this game the bears had worse luck yeah yeah, and that's why it was a one-point game in the end. Yeah, exactly. But, I mean, I just don't, like, there's no reason to follow the Bears anymore this season. No, it it's, seems o- like. it's over. Yeah, yeah that's it. There's, yeah. there's not even really any fantasy prospects to admire there. Nope. And so if you're the Bears, you have to think about maybe going to, like, the, the Jags and being like, all right, you have two quarterbacks who are both solid. Like, what will it take for right. whichever one you want to give up? Because you can't keep them both, obviously. No, that's, I mean, like you said, with all these backup quarterbacks having success, mm-hmm. if you're the Bears, maybe you look at one of these guys and you say, let's, let's get something done here. Yeah, because imagine, like, Minshew's been, like, pretty good. Right. And that's with a pretty good defense, but nowhere near the same level as the Bears defense. Mm-hmm. So if you have him on this team, they could be 5-2 and two right yeah, now. No. Why not? I mean, why not? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, but, I mean, if you're the Jaguars, you paid uh, Foles all that money, mm-hmm. so... 
You're exactly. not just going to sit him on the bench. You can't keep both of these guys. <laughs> right. like, he's healthy and he's ready to play. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you, you see what think you, you got to put him out there. It's not yeah. like the Jags are six and one or something. I think they're like 500 maybe. Yeah, like a exactly. game over. Yeah. That's, that's the call that should take place yeah, sometime soon. For sure. Okay. We're going to do the first ever Sunday night basketball segment here. So let's, let's start. So we're, it's October 27th. I think everyone's played at least two games. Most teams have played three. So let's go back to opening night almost a week ago. Lakers Clippers. What was your just like general takeaways? Because that was the most hyped game yeah. ever, and it's the first game of the year. No, no, no. yeah, I definitely think um, you know the NBA kind of reminds me of uh, Major League Baseball uh, to a certain extent in that you know in baseball they play 162 games, mm-hmm. and in, in uh, the NBA they play about half that in 82. But it's still a very very long season compared to like the NFL or something like that. And um, so usually those first few games they don't really carry too much weight or significance with them. But I think the Clippers Lakers game was pretty much just defied that in every way it possibly could uh even beforehand obviously there was a ton of hype going into it but then the game itself just had a ton of intensity to it uh a lot of energy it kind of felt like a pseudo playoff game it almost, did it definitely felt know? like a yeah, playoff game um and it and it, going into the fourth quarter it was still a game and it felt like you know both those teams like wanted to win mm-hmm. as bad as they possibly could have uh and so I think that bodes well for the start of the NBA. That's for sure. This was obviously a very hype season coming in. I think if you're the Clippers and uh, you're still without Paul George, you're very pleased with how you started the season. And, uh, I mean, you were at this game, so what was your take from it? Uh, okay, so it's funny because it was a huge game for both teams. Like, if you saw during the National Anthem, before whoever the chick was that was singing, before she even finished, LeBron just turned to the crowd and yelled, let's go. Just like – it was like a, a Western Conference Finals preview, basically – but the Clippers just look like like what the Warriors had been for the past three or four years. That's what the Clippers are now. Yeah. Like, the only games they're going to lose are to random teams. Like, they lost to the Suns the other night because they just don't care. They're yeah. like, it's the Suns. We could just show up and win. I don't think they're going to lose any of these, like, big-time matchups to, you know, yeah. other contenders because when they focus and lock in, they're, they look like the best team right now. And I don't even know if it – necessarily looks close yeah defensively i mean it's Mm -hmm. just it's insane and you know this was kind of one of my things coming into the season i felt like you know with the warriors kevin durant's finally out of there clay Mm -hmm. thompson's injured you know everyone kind of felt like oh anyone could win that championship this year my personal opinion was like i don't know man the clippers look like they're far and away on paper at least the best team and i think they've they've really just proved that since and they kind of have you talk about them being like the warriors Mm -hmm. that attitude that they had in that game that you kind of just felt coming off them seemed reminded me of the Warriors and that they mm. kind of just felt like oh no like we're the best team we know we're the best team and we're gonna win this game right where it's like even when the Lakers would start to make a run yeah the Clippers just because Kawhi's their best player so he, you know the team's gonna take on his mm-hmm. identity he's never worried yeah like, oh the Lakers are coming back okay let me just score six points in a row and just you know let everyone know that this is not this is not a game anymore exactly but it was also interesting because of course with the Lakers everything every result is going to be magnified times a million. Mm-hmm. Like, they lose to the Clippers. Oh, should they trade LeBron? Like, he looked old. He does not look like he's going to be able to last this whole season. But that was against the best team in the league. Right. So let's, like, not – and it was a close game, like you said, up until the very end. And this is a brand-new team for the Lakers. There's, mm-hmm. like, four guys who are on the roster last season. Nine new players. Yeah, nine new players. And they're all, like, important players, too. Yeah. And it's also a new coach. So it's, like, it'll take some time for them to get going. So I think you could take – a lot of positives from from like from the Lakers as well yeah just because they I mean if they got blown out that wouldn't have been surprising yeah so at least that they were in it 
and Anthony Davis looks like now people are finally going to get to see him. And I bet a lot of people have heard of him and heard like he's a top five player for years, but they never really watched him because he's in New Orleans. Yeah. No one cares about the Pelicans. And now people are going to get to see him every night. And even that first game, he made some plays where you're like, oh, shit. Him and LeBron are on the same team. Like, yeah, that's dangerous right no. there. There's a there's a few like that pick and roll is mm-hmm. just it's cheese, bro. Like that's his, that's the only way you could say it. it's cheese. Yeah. Um, you know, I think another positive for the Lakers. I didn't know. I don't know how. I didn't know coming into the season how much gas I thought Danny Green had left mm-hmm. in the tank. And I don't. Again, I don't expect him to make seven threes every game and put up thirty points. But the way he's played so far, I think is going to be uh, big for them. He also provides that leadership role. Obviously, he's won. I think two championships at least. At least he might have three. He might have won two with the Spurs. Yeah, but he has at least two. Right, so he's got at least two. So he's got that pedigree going with him, which is again is crucial. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like an Iguodala sort of maybe yeah. for the Warriors that sort of thing. Um, uh, as far as you know, I think what I saw most from this game is that the Lakers don't really seem to have a legit score going into those final minutes and that mm-hmm. sounds weird to say with a team that has anthony davis and lebron james two guys you may be considered to be top five players um but you know anthony davis is a big mm-hmm. you know and he's not necessarily a guy that's gonna you know dribble and then hit a mid-range jump shot on you and lebron james obviously has those abilities but that necessarily hasn't been his strength yeah maybe in his career you know guys like i always thought kind of Kyrie irving was the perfect match to him because Kyrie irving was that's what he's best at just mm-hmm. go going and getting a bucket late um, whereas on the other side, the Clippers seem to have two of those guys. And Kawhi Leonard, as good as he is, Lou Williams is damn good, man. When it comes to getting a bucket in yeah. the NBA, Lou Williams is as good as it gets. Yeah. And I think to have a guy like that that could take the pressure off Kawhi is just a huge deal going forward for them yeah. in the regular season and then even more so in the playoffs. Yeah, and I think a lot of people had the Clippers as the favorite coming into the year, and I still think we underrated them because yeah. this team won 48 games last season, mm-hmm. and they didn't lose anybody really. They traded Tobias Harris, their yeah. best player. And they still won yeah. 48 games, still took the Warriors to six games in the playoffs, and now they just added probably the best player in the league, finals MVP, and Paul George. And, and then other guys like Mo Harkless, who – has been on the Blazers yeah. in playoff games for like no, his whole career. Basically. I thought that was one of the sleeper signings of the mm-hmm. offseason for sure. And he had a great game against great the game. Lakers great too. Game. Yeah, yeah. So they have enough like random guys to where Paul George and Kawhi don't have to do too much during the regular season. Where the Lakers, on the other hand, if LeBron and Anthony Davis aren't scoring all the buckets, who like yeah. Danny Green, yeah, not getting twenty eight a night. They really needed Kuzma too. That's what that game showed. That's true. Because LeBron yeah. wants to play point guard, which it's kind of weird because. That's been his thing for like his whole career, but it just doesn't work that way mm-hmm. for him. But if Kuzma can be, you know, like a twenty point per game scorer, then LeBron will have the ability to, you know, take his foot off the gas pedal and be more of like a facilitator. Yeah. But until that happens, he needs to be at like twenty seven, twenty eight point LeBron that he has been for the right. past few years. For sure. Yeah, no, I think uh, I think Kuzma's the X factor for the Lakers. Like if he could come back and mm-hmm. uh, perform like we think he possibly can, I it's gonna make a huge difference for them. Yeah, and I, and actually, like you mentioned, I guess the Clippers kind of have three closers. Now that I think about it, Paul George. I don't even think about Jeez. that. That's like three um, of the best. Closers. Right, and it doesn't necessarily. It doesn't even feel like a Heat situation where it's like, oh, which guy's going to take mm-hmm. the shot? That's more of like any of them could do it. Like whoever's just on, like that's that's going to be the guy. Yeah, they uh, don't seem like they're going to have any issues like no. figuring out who should shoot when no. because Kawhi just seems like a guy who no nonsense. Like, right. If he's feeling it, he's going to take his guy exactly. And if Paul George has a mismatch. Kawhi's not going to be like, dude, I didn't get my 20 shots again. Right. If they win, 
That's all he cares about. Right, right. Like, if, if Kawhi is not feeling it, he, he'll probably pass the ball to Lou Williams mm-hmm. and just let that fool go get it, you know? Damn, and, um, that's unfair. They have three no, guys who could just get buckets one-on-one. It's kind of scary, man. And, you know, you talk about the Warriors kind of had a certain scrappiness to them mm-hmm. in this, this run that they had, and I think the Clippers seem to have that same kind of scrappiness. Like, guys like Mondra's Harrell. I don't, I'm not saying he's Draymond Green, but he's got that same kind of energy to yeah. him. And... uh Patrick Beverly, obviously. Yeah, I was gonna say Beverly yeah. is like, like the Clippers version of Draymond Green. Yeah, where he's that's, not. That's probably the better example. Where it's yeah. like whatever he gives you on offense is just that's like you know extra. Mm-hmm. But you know on defense every night he's just gonna be annoying, and he's gonna take the heat off of Kawhi and Paul George because yeah. everyone's gonna be focused on hating Patrick Beverly. So yeah, it's very similar to Draymond. All right, so let me ask you this. Um, obviously, it's early in the season, but this has been coming for a while. Is Kawhi Leonard the best player in the NBA right now? Yeah, I think so. From what I saw in that game specifically against the Lakers, it was like whoever was guarding him. It reminded. This is crazy to say because I'm a Laker fan, but it looked a lot like Kobe, yeah. where it's like one on one. Who cares? Like KCP is supposed to be a good defender, and Kawhi's just cooking him. Like whatever you do, even if you stay in front of me, I'm just mm-hmm. gonna pull up over you. Yeah, cash. If you know, I'm probably gonna get by you, and then when I get by you, I have all these guys to kick to. So. I think so, and that's without even factoring in his defense. Yeah. Where LeBron does not want the ball when Kawhi's got it. No, him. he doesn't. He, he gives it up. It super was obvious, quick. dude. Yeah. Like because that's he just doesn't want to put that shit on tape. You know? just, him just Kawhi ripping yeah. the ball from him. There was some plays with Kawhi too where he was being double teamed and he was like able to kind of drive in, post up, and like throw a nice pass mm-hmm. out. That was just like wow. I just it's hard. you don't see that a lot. That's the scary thing yeah. is that that's the one thing Kawhi's never been good at is facilitating and now this year he had a game with like nine assists and i think he just had a game with 10 assists so if he's adding that to his game yeah this team is unstoppable uh, it's, it's very similar to how the warriors very were. very scary team, yeah man. where you look at their depth combined with their star power at the top and yeah. you're like how how does anyone beat these dudes no. i don't i don't understand exactly and of course it's it's very it's 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 perfect that the suns beat them yeah this team is going to be it's gonna be hard to beat, man. Like That's said, Warriors. I think I think we underestimate them a little bit coming in the season because they're gonna be that good. Which is funny because yeah, like we all knew they were gonna be good, but it's still yeah. underestimated. <laughs> exactly. This is like a new a new level, right? And yeah. it's the Clippers, which is weird to just say. Yeah. You know, it's even like their jerseys don't look good enough to maintain like what they're producing on the court. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, you don't look at them and think right, like, right. that's the best team just, in the league for sure, but they are right. And then again, you know, this is just something I want to point out. Uh, is that that was a Clipper home game that first mm-hmm. game, and uh, it was obviously majority Laker fans. I mean, it's they share a stadium. It's hard to say like it's a home game for either team because obviously, if a Laker fan wants to go to a Clipper home game, they're gonna go. Yeah, it's not gonna it's easier stop for them, them to go because right. it's cheaper. Um, but yeah, it's gonna be interesting to follow. Like, uh, how much? How much are the? How much shift are we gonna see in LA? Mm-hmm. How many? You know, I guess we've talked about how weak LA fans are in the past. I'm not, I wouldn't be surprised if you know a lot of you know fringe Laker fans kind of shifted their uh, their team to the. Clippers. I think we even see we already saw that in the first game. Like yeah. usually when it's Lakers Clippers, even Clipper home game, it's like eighty twenty Lakers Clipper mm-hmm. fans. This game was probably more like seventy five seventy Lakers fans. So it was still majority Laker fans, but there were way more Clipper yeah, fans for definitely. sure. Yeah, and just the more wins that the Clippers stack up, the you'll more. definitely start to see some exactly some like. 
tweener fans be like, oh, right. I like the Clippers. Exactly, because even during that Lob City hype, mm. you know, back in the day with Blake Griffin, it's, there was a time where it's like, wow, there's a lot of Clipper fans. There's yeah. more Clipper fans than I've ever remembered mm-hmm. being in LA. And I, obviously, they're not, they don't all start as Clipper fans. Yeah. So. And those Lob City teams were nowhere. Near. They were never favorites, but this is like, right. I think now especially has to be the favorite. And I don't know how close it is. Okay, uh, call it a wrap here. We'll be back. <laughs> we're gonna have Daniel on. He's going to do some He's got to rein him in, dude. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Got some good Vegas shit coming in. DG, yeah. gunshot. So, so we'll try and do that some point this week before he goes to Vegas. He's going to try and help you guys win some money. But uh, on that note, sign off here. What do you got to say coming off this Chargers dub? Philip Rivers on three. Yeah, all right. That's, that's fine. One, two, three. Philip Rivers. Phillip Rivers. <laughs>